following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Back live across Michigan Wednesday broadcast. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer, he's done a great job. Last three days, we're putting together what now is a full field 144 golfers, 72 at the North Kent Golf Club on Monday to kick off rivalry week. Michigan, Michigan State fans on both sides, 72 golfers at the Alpine Golf Club in Comstock Park on the northwest side of GR. Nick Lipinski and the family. Just purchase that golf club. They'll make major renovations and upgrades like they've done at the North Kent Golf Club. We have spectacular PGA-like trophies that will sit to the winners' scores. The winning team, Michigan or Michigan State, in the clubhouse at North Kent and Alpine. They're providing free lunch uh, for the 144 contestants. We have prizes from the Grand Rapids Gold, the Denver Nuggets, G League team, they play in downtown Grand Rapids. Also, the Grand Rapids Griffins, Wings Top Farm affiliate. Wings, by the way, open up tomorrow night. We'll have Ken Cal, Paul Woods, and Bob Kayser, the voice of the Grand Rapids Griffins, in studio. That will be tomorrow. And Lomas Brown and Josh Garvey talking about the Lions and the Bucks on Sunday as we go inside the Lions next game, presented every week by Josh Garvey and his team. At Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew. And then it's a football Friday. A Honolulu Blue football Friday. Why? Because it's about the Lions and the Bucks on Sunday. Nothing against Indiana at Michigan or Michigan State at Rutgers. Uh, if you want to join in on the conversation, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, will check in in about 20 minutes. We'll talk about that story that has developed here in the last week or so in terms of high school sports and conferences, and you get a group breaking off. It's kind of like a mini version of what's going on in college sports with the conferences. So we'll get to that with Mark and where he's at. I I think it should be geographical. I don't care about school size. You can find schools in similar size close to each other. Stop all this traveling unless you have to and you're in a rural area. That's it. That's my huge opinion. Sticking with it. We'll talk to Mark Ewell coming up in just about 20 minutes. Right now, let's go talk about the Lions in Tampa Sunday in Florida. Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, Lions NFL insider, is standing by on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great. How are you? 
Doing good. You know, I was, I was looking at the pro football focus list on the Lions offense and where they rank. I mean, yeah. And this is, I think every week we've talked this season almost outside of after the Seattle game, Jeremy, is we, we keep taking this uh, Lions ship into unnavigated or unchartered uh, navigational waters where we're talking about things we're not used to talking about when it comes to the Lions. Yeah, yeah, it's it's every advanced statistic, it's every regular statistic, it's it's always something new. The Lions are tweeting out something that they've never done in the past 70 years that they just accomplished. It it truly is uncharted territories and uh it's pretty fun, honestly. <laughs> like it's 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 fun seeing the Lions starting to get talked about in a real way that doesn't feel like oh, look at this quirky Lions team that might be good. It's like, no, this is a good Lions team. We're talking about them and even mentioning the word Super Bowl uh, and, and not in a condescending way. And you, you try and not search for the negative, but you know when you're writing a story with Pride of Detroit or I'm getting ready for the huge show across Michigan and our 19 radio stations, we're so used to finding the negative connected alliance. And, and not that I'm looking for it, but maybe the fact you've lost C.J. and Mosley, but even after losing them, didn't affect the Carolina game. And granted, it was Bryce Young. Uh, but this team is sitting basically now with a three-game lead with the one-game head-to-head over the Packers and a three-game lead on the Bears and the Vikings, and you're five games into the season. Yeah, and, and they've done it largely without those two guys, right? Um, you had C.J. for a couple games there. You, you really never got any Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, the question is, like, how long can they keep that up in terms of, you know, losing guys to health, um, in terms of their depth? You know, having C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Emmanuel Mosley may not have affected much on the play on the field, but they were guys that were in the lineup. They were guys that, that you know, everyone who has now stepped up is now the starter, which means the guys that are behind them are even worse. And so, um, you know, there's there's questions about, I, I would say like the depth now at those positions, but um, they, they have, you know, kind of answered any early season questions about their depth. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, those two are long-term injuries. So at, at some point you might dig a little bit deeper in that depth. It, it might be a little bit more challenging, but um, so far so good with, with all the injury replacements you have to be. And, and that's a credit to Brad Holmes and, and the roster he's built. And I think we said all off season, you know, it's not just about filling out your, your, starting lineup with stars it's, it's making sure that there is that depth because the injuries are just they're part of the game at this point and you hope you don't get hit as hard uh with them as, as some other teams but uh you have to be prepared in case you do and, and so far the lines have been prepared yeah if, if you went through going back to game one and you listed game week injuries and who sat out and you said okay pick the record of the lions based yeah. on who sat out each game you would think this would the record would be flipped seriously yeah, and, and it's not just on defense too, right? It feels like every every week has been a new offensive line, uh, you know, lineup, and this could be another week where that's true with Jonah Jackson, um, you know, missing today's practice, dealing with an ankle injury, um, and so yeah, it, across the board, it seems like the Lions have done a, a relatively stout job, um, and and it's afforded them the opportunity to sit Amon Ra for a week, to sit Jameer Gibbs for a week or two, Brian Branch, a guy who's been phenomenal, maybe misses two or three games here. Um, and, and it looks like they haven't skipped a beat. And it just shows, one, how good the roster is, you know, even even without those guys. And then, two, it, how, how deep of a team they are. And so um, that's that's a true sign of a really, really good team. And uh, you just wonder if they can ever get themselves to relatively full health, uh, you know, how dangerous they truly can be. 
Uh, and you look at this team, though, and even losing CJ and now Mosley, like we talked about, but in terms of quality throwing quarterbacks you're going to face, if you're the Lions and Aaron Glenn in that defense, you get Baker Mayfield, who's inconsistent, not the greatest numbers guy throwing on Sunday. You get Lamar Jackson, who looked horrible against the Steelers, and the Steelers have one of the better defensive units in the NFL. You get Garoppolo, and who knows if he'll be healthy for that Monday night game, October 30th, their next home game in downtown Detroit. And then you do get Herbert, who's one of the best in the league in L.A. after the bye week. Then Justin Fields and Jordan Love at home. Think about the quarterbacks you face five out of the next six winnable games. Oh, no question about it. You know, I... I, I... I do respect the job that the Baker Mayfield is doing so far in Tampa, but it's a really small sample size with four games and they're dealing with a whole new offense. So, you know, maybe they haven't faced quite a, a defense like Detroit has uh, yet. And so we'll see how, how they react. But yeah, I think you're right. I think the Lions kind of weathered the storm early with a, a couple challenging quarterbacks and, and Geno Smith and, and uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously they go one and one in those games. And, and really it's been that way. The rest uh, the way you face three really young quarterbacks uh, in Jordan Love, and uh, Desmond Ritter, um, and Bryce so, Young, and, right? yeah, Bryce Young, and Bryce Young, yeah, exactly. So um, the Lions have, have proven that they can confuse those quarterbacks. They can they can get to those quarterbacks, and and so if if it's more the same in the next five, six, mm. seven weeks, then then you have to imagine Lions defense is still probably going to look pretty solid. I think about that. Uh, just you know, perusing the schedule here, Mayfield on Sunday in Tampa, then Lamar Jackson, obviously a great threat to run, but when he's in the pocket, he looks very average. Then Garoppolo, then add Herbert, who we mentioned, but then you get Fields, you get Love at home. Who knows if Derek Carr will be healthy when you go to New Orleans uh, to start December. You go to Chicago with Fields. You get Denver at home. You're at Minnesota, and who knows if Kirk Cousins even will be their quarterback as they're playing maybe for Caleb Williams. Who knows? You're at Dallas where Dak Prescott can be hit or miss, and then you get Minnesota at home. I mean, you outside of Herbert, tell me, and again, maybe if Cousins stays, but then you got Jefferson who's at least out four in the IR with the hamstring injury. There, There's not a parade of the best in the NFL in, in terms of quarterbacks when you look at the rest of the Lions' schedule. Yeah, no, and, and I think even by some other measures, this is one of the easier schedules remaining on – on, on the books, you know, um, DVOA, which is something that, that I like to use a lot. Um, I, I believe they're, you know, the fifth or sixth easiest schedule. I think if you just go by win loss record, the Lions and the Packers, I think are tied with the easiest schedule. Um, again, win loss is probably a little bit early to, to really judge teams by at this point, but it's not nothing. And so, yeah, I think, you know, just added to the list of, of reasons to be really optimistic about this team. They've weathered, I would say, what is maybe the most difficult part of their schedule already. Um, not to say that Tampa isn't going to be tough and, and Baltimore isn't going to be tough and, and Los Angeles in, in a few weeks out of the bye is, isn't going to be tough. But um, like you said, it, it, it's probably favorable in terms of the quarterbacks you're facing. Um, and, and we know the Lions offense is, is really met every single challenge so far. So you have to imagine at the very least, they should be in, I guess, every other game remaining on their schedule and, and maybe even favored in, I don't know, 10 of 14 or however much, however many we got left. Yeah, I'm looking at, you know, a, a slight underdog at Baltimore. Same thing uh, at probably the Chargers. And who knows, again, where the Cowboys uh, will be. But losing Diggs and Micah Parsons and how good San Francisco looks. It's like I'm watching that San Francisco Cowboys game, Jeremy. And I'm like, if, if the Lions want any shot 
uh, winning the NFC, they have got to be at home for all the playoff games. Only chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see how the teams look when when it gets to to January. But um, yeah, being indoors, being in your own home crowd, which we we know has just been absolutely crazy at Ford Field in, in the first three home games there so far. Um, it's going to help. No no question about it. Um, you know, I, I I think they could win in, in Dallas if that's where it goes. But yeah, I, I think I think everyone's right now looking up at the 49ers, and you you'd take any possible advantage you could get facing the Niners. So, uh, yeah, home game would, would help, certainly help a little bit. Um, but again, you never know. You never know how the 49ers are going to look in, in January, whereas they, they certainly look like the best team right now. But, um, yeah, I, the Lions, I, that's, I think that's where we have to step back and realize, like, we're talking about seedings uh, here in early October for the Detroit Lions, but that's where we're at with this team. Uh, I, I think we should be looking beyond the division at this point because, as you mentioned, it doesn't look like a very competitive NFC North. And as long as nothing catastrophic happens to the Lions, I think uh, they should have it relatively easily by the time you know we get to mid-December, maybe. Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit Lions NFL Insider. Follow Jeremy on Twitter, also Pride of Detroit uh, online on the social network. So before I let you go, I had some early conversation today off of reading Twitter this morning and there was some talk out of Detroit that, you know, from, you know, the sports radio types that, you know, JMO should be uh, packaged so they can get defensive help. And I'm thinking, you know, I, I watch the evolution of Miami and where two all of a sudden is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I look at what JMO can bring to the table glimpses we've seen and, and barely any action and I'm like, when he gets settled in and his speed and ability to separate and force defensive coordinators and units in game before games to chase him, do you know how open Laporte is going to be underneath or Gibbs is going to be underneath that? That is a weapon. It's not about him having to catch the ball like Tyreek Hill. Just his speed will be a game changer. Yeah, no question. And, and that's what every Lions coach has said. Um, thus far, it's just we we're excited for just what the things that we are able to do with him in the lineup that we aren't able to do right now, and and you see how explosive they are already. If they've got another dimension mm. to where they can go, um, you have to imagine like then we're starting to talk about this offense in, um, among the ranks of guy of, of teams like the the Dolphins. Not sure they're going to hang seventy on every opponent or anything like that, but it gives Ben Johnson another weapon, another dimension, another way to, to frustrate opposing defensive coordinators. And, and given what Ben Johnson has done with every other weapon on this team, you have to imagine he's going to find a way to use Jameson Williams in a way that's either going to make him very explosive and, and dangerous, or like you said, maybe it opens up stuff for everyone else underneath. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I, I get the appeal of trying to trade Jameson for maybe a defensive playmaker where, where maybe they're a little bit thinner on that side of the ball because of injuries. But, I mean, let, let them at least unwrap the gift before we, we re-gift it to someone else. Uh, I'm with you, Jeremy. And also when I look at uh, the fact of the Dolphins who gave up 48 in Buffalo, and Detroit had that game, but it was at home uh, with Seattle. So we'll see what happens. Lions top five pretty much in every NFL power poll. The uncharted waters uh, continue. Lions at Tampa 425 Sunday afternoon feature game on Fox. Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit. Always appreciate your time here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, no problem. Anytime. All right, Jeremy Reisman talking Lions and Bucks on Sunday. Uh, remember to get your pro football picks in each and every week. 
If you want a shot at that $1,500 in cash, courtesy of Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew. Thursday night game is always a freebie. You have until Sunday morning. And remember, if there's a London game, it might be really early, but you have until Sunday morning normally to play at thehugeshow.net. Up next, Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. I'll get his thoughts as a sports dad, as the Executive Director of the MHSAA. What about conference realignment? When you look at metro areas, rural areas, what's the right path to follow? Does he have any input? We'll talk to you all next. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. It's time to go in the huddle. One, two, three, top right! It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of action and excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com. The University of Michigan traveled to Minnesota last week to take on the Golden Gophers for the 105th installment of the Battle for the Little Brown Jug. The second-ranked Wolverines dominated in a 52-10 round of the Gophers, which included one passing touchdown, four rushing touchdowns, two pick sixes, and a field goal. It was the 18th straight road victory for the Maize in Blue in the land of 10,000 lakes, and it also marked the Wolverines' 17th consecutive Big Ten regular season win, the second-longest such streak in program history. Michigan now leads the all-time series 77-25, with three ties for the Brown Jug. And after their largest margin of victory this season, the undefeated Maize and Blue will return home to the Big House where they host the 2-3 and three Indiana Hoosiers at noon on Fox. Huge here for my good friend Matt Golden. Now he's the CEO and GM at the Tullymore Golf Resort. They're in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids. And fall golf is here, and they have some huge deals you can take advantage of on stay-and-play packages, tee times, and more. Just go to TullymoreGolf.com. That is TullymoreGolf.com. Also, if you want to book a Christmas party for the holidays, you want to squeeze in a business meeting, with some golf and great food and beverages. Matt Golden and his team can take care of you right now. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. They're also booking big groups who want stay and play packages, or maybe you just want to look ahead to the perfect weekend in 2024. Remember, Tullymore is less than an hour north of GR in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Book your stay and play package or get more info now at TullymoreGolf.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's pumpkin coin toss, and you can carve out wicked premium play prizes up to three grand. There are drawings every Friday in October from 5 to 11 p.m., and two lucky guests every hour toss to win up to $3,000 premium play. Be there for Pumpkin Coin Toss, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We 
We are back live across Michigan each and every day. 19 radio stations, the only syndicated afternoon sports radio show in our state. For the station close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. It is an MHSAA Wednesday. You can follow boys and girls high school sports live and on demand 24-7 at MHSAA.tv. That's MHSAA.tv. Now, last week I got wind of this story through Lenny Padilla that the OK Conference was set to lose seven schools that are going to join their own River Cities Alliance, their own conference, and I think it's about competition and the teams they want to play and also a little bit on travel. But the one thing I do like is reestablishing those close neighborhood or city border rivalries, which I think is such a big part of high school sports. And now the OK Conference has been a wonderful entity. Ottawa, Kent, the Lakeshore, uh, and every four years they would reshuffle the conferences based on size. Well, a lot of schools get stuck with travel or they're stuck in a very tough conference. And what I would like to see, and maybe this will be the impetus for it to happen with the OK Conference, and I'm talking as a sports dad, is that you get back to the neighborhood crosstown rivalries, that your conferences are close. I think it helps attendance, interest. Uh, I think more kids would play. Uh, and I even if a school's a little bit bigger, because we, we all been there back in the day, Tri-River. Rockford was a big school. We played them every year uh, to start the football season. And the Tri-River had some travel from Fremont to Lake Odessa with Lakewood High School. So I'm not just going to buy the travel thing, but I would like to see some reshuffling of schools where they were about the rivalries. They were about schools that border your district where kids grew up together. And I wanted to get Mark Ewell, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Uh, He's a sports dad, also heads up uh, that great institution in Lansing that oversees boys and girls sports in our state. How you doing, Mark? I'm good, Bill. Good afternoon. Yeah, just a, a great high school football season and fall sports rolling along. Uh, unbelievable uh, storylines all across the state. I love going to MHSA.com and your weekly uh, recaps that Jeff Kimberly is doing. And also the story I mentioned that I came across last week with Lenny Padilla about a, a group of schools, seven schools here in the West Michigan area, Cedar Springs, Lowell, Allendale, Kennewa Hills, Sparta, Coopersville, and Greenville that are going to form their own conference and break off from the OK Conference because they want similar competition. I think they want some closer uh, matchups. Is this something you're seeing across the state uh, from other schools and other conferences? So the OK Conference I have always considered to be my home conference. I'm a Caledonia High School graduate who's been a charter member of the OK Conference, and, you know, the OK has grown over the years. I want to say right now they're right around 50 schools, and there are certainly, when you're part of a mega conference, there's advantages and disadvantages of that. You know, some of the advantages are, yeah, we're in our own division, but there's lots of possibilities to do some crossover scheduling, and um, that basically a school can play their entire schedule within the OK Conference. Um, I think some of the disadvantages is, you know, a lot of uh, league policy decisions. It's based on the vote of 50 schools and um, not necessarily on a a particular group of of seven or eight schools. So 
Um, I think what we're seeing is is schools constantly reevaluating the fit um, in their league, the fit that they have, like you said, Bill, with some of those other neighboring schools to where, you know, in this day and age of, of tight budgets, you're always looking at travel costs and those kinds of things. And, you know, uh, the, the biggest challenge of the OK Conference has been that you're making rules and policies that can fit schools the size of Rockford and East Kentwood, which are just under 3,000 kids, but yet you're also trying to find the right fit for the kids at Hopkins High School, um, you know, who's down, uh, you know, three, 400 students. So that's the challenge, the mega conferences. And, you know, I'm sure everybody involved is, is trying to make the best decision for their own school and their own community. Yeah, and it's not a negative here on the OK Conference. I've never said, oh, my God, look at this conference. What are they doing? But uh, not a wake-up call, but just interesting when I read Lenny Padilla's story about these schools branching off. And it made me think that, okay, hypothetically speaking, my kids go to Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern. If the three Forest Hills schools with East Grand Rapids, Northview, Grand Rapids Christian, Grand Rapids Catholic Central were all together, uh, I think you would see massive attendance numbers in all sports uh, from high school students, fans. I think it would be better. And then you flip it around, and next year we're going to be with Hamilton, Holland, Holland Christian, Hudsonville Unity Christian, and we're on the far northeast side of Grand Rapids. There's no built-in rivalries, maybe a little bit uh, with Grand Rapids uh, South Christian, but then Middleville and Wayland. So there's, there's a balance I get, and I think the OK Conference has been spectacular in promoting high school sports, but more of a local draw. Because I'd say, as a dad, I wouldn't mind playing with Forest Hill Central. That's a, a division up. Uh, East Grand Rapids, same thing. Because uh, I think the value of the atmosphere and attendance and interest would exceed trying to balance based on school size. Yeah, and and, uh, and that's certainly a valid point. And I, you know, at the end of the day, the OK Conference is really driven by their fifty members, and uh, the the leadership currently of the OK Conference, Dave Feenster, the commissioner, and Jerry Haggerty, the assistant commissioner. You cannot find two better people on planet Earth. Um, who have, who have uh, really navigated the league through some, some really tricky times. You know, the challenge, of course, is when it comes to league realignment is you've got to get consensus within a group of 50 schools. And sometimes, uh, you know, the, the message that they were getting from uh, the group of 50 um, were very different. And so, uh, you know, that's the challenge um, when you're running a, a conference that has, um, you know, nearly 10 divisions and, more than 50 schools and no there's there's good people involved uh on all fronts and uh i'm sure uh they'll find the, the best fit here for everybody at the end of the day you know mark and they're through this uh announcement with i think it's close to being a a done deal with those seven schools that there was talk that it was based on grand rapids catholic central and west catholic being a part of i think almost half of those teams their new alignment in the OK Conference uh, for the next four years, that there should be uh, public and private school conferences similar to what Detroit does with their Catholic League and that the West Michigan area should take the private schools all together and have their own conference. I I don't like all this segregation because then what do you do for the public schools where there's only two high schools left playing sports uh, in the Grand Rapids area? I, I, I agree with you. The OK Conference has done great work 
But I, I, I think this move here is a wake-up call that regionalizing the OK Conference may be more important than just looking at the number of kids in each school. It is, and, and the thing with realignment is everybody wants to be with a group of schools that they think they can beat. Um, I want to be, if I'm in a, a league of eight schools, if I'm the, the superintendent or the principal or the AD or a, or a head coach, um, I want to be in a group of eight where I think most years, on paper, I can be able to beat the other seven schools. That's why whenever there's a realignment, when schools are looking for a new home, they always want to be the biggest of the eight schools, never um, in the middle or certainly not at the bottom. So the thing is that when you are realigning leagues, the schools involved almost always look at it through their own best self-interest. Um, it's hard sometimes to take a step back and say, okay, we've got 50 schools here in West Michigan, and what's really the best uh, league alignment that's good for the whole? Um, and so these things become very, very local. They become very, very charged. And, you know, the public-private debate comes up. I've shared with your listeners on here before that we're about 77% traditional public schools. And our three-year average right now with the schools that win state championships right now are about 71% public schools. So the argument of, well, we need separate public and private state championship events uh, the data suggests just the opposite, that our public schools are actually competing well, and, and in some sports they're actually winning championships at a higher percentage um, than what the membership percentage is. So, again, whenever you make these decisions, you just hope that it's based on data, it's based on looking at the big picture, and it's not being driven by emotion or it's not being driven uh, by one sport and one sport only. So uh, that would just be the advice I'd have uh, for any schools uh, looking at what league is their best fit. And I, that, I don't get into the public-private side of this. I don't think there's any reason to segregate you know, uh, inner-city schools, private schools. I, I don't agree with that at all. What I will say, though, that by creating more of a localized conference and having those neighboring rivalries – I think it's good for the school. I think it's good for interest, participation. I think attendance, which leads to money uh, for schools and helps athletic budgets that already uh, aren't big and also creates more interest. Uh, uh, game day, all sports across the board. And maybe the OK Conference will see this and with other member institutions who come to them after losing the seven, and it could be eight, there has to be an eight school that is waiting to see how this would pan out that it will make them rethink things. They got a lot of time. Uh, it's only the beginning of the year. You don't realign until next school year. So there is still time to adjust and not bring panic uh, to parents and school districts. Absolutely. And, and like I said, at the end of the day, the, the conference is driven by their membership. And I know that uh, the, the leadership of the league is listening right now to, to their schools. And you're right, Bill. I think maybe the the pendulum right now is is in terms of what folks are prioritizing. It's we want to be with other schools based on proximity, kind of those neighborhood rivalries where I can tell you that being in the league in the OK Conference as an administrator 20 years ago, um, the driving factor at that time was all about enrollment, that uh, you had Caledonian Middleville neighboring communities and forever both high schools were about 800 kids. Well, Caledonia's growth has taken off, and they're now twice as big as Middleville, and 
the argument at that time is, well, no, we need to divide up our divisions based on size. We don't care so much about the, the neighborhood rivalries, and I think you're maybe starting to see that pendulum uh, change a little bit. Mark Hill, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. I wanted uh, his opinion on it, and he delivered. Thank you, my man. Safe travels. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Bill. All right, Mark Ewell checking in on the Roast Umber Coffee Guest Line. Coming up, uh, we're going to get a live in-studio version of True and Blue, something we do each and every week where we bring you inside law enforcement and the great things law enforcement is doing all across Michigan through the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. And Tim Wheeler, uh, who heads up the marketing and communications for the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police, they have a huge event coming up that connects kids, families to law enforcement and communities, and Tim will join us in studio for a live True and Blue next. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. What are you looking for in a career? What are you looking for in your pursuit of happiness and satisfaction? Let's answer those questions by answering this one. What are you? If you're selfless, courageous, dedicated, disciplined, and humble, your happiness and satisfaction may be in a new career in law enforcement. Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org today or simply walk into your local police department and start the conversation. You may find the answer to all of your questions. Bill Simonson here for my good friends at Urban U. They are Michigan's number one med spa. They provide services to men and women in the greater Grand Rapids and Detroit metro areas. Also, their laser services are very important and essential for men and women as you age. And no matter what you're doing during the summer, whether it's sports, whether it's just hanging out on the dock or on the beach, laser can knock out signs of aging. Laser improves sun damage, wrinkles, and skin texture with little to no downtime. And also during the month of October, you can save $250 on laser by booking with Urban U. Go to theurbanu.com. That's theurbanu.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Huge show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. We are completely full for the huge rivalry cup coming up Monday at the Alpine Golf Club and also the North Kent Golf Club. 144 golfers. Thanks to everybody who entered. You can check if you signed up on Facebook or Twitter. I'll be posting all the tee times. Well, not tee times. It's a shotgun, but all the names. We have a couple of alternates in case, because people won't show up. It is 8 a.m. at the North Kent Golf Club and 12 noon at the Alpine Golf Club. Kicking off rivalry week with uh, Michigan, Michigan State fans. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, speaking of cool things happening, uh, in studio, we got Tim Wheeler, who heads up communications marketing for the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. I have a huge event on Michigan's West Coast in Whitehall coming up on Saturday, connecting kids and families to law enforcement from all over uh, West Michigan. And we haven't talked to Tim in a while, I think since last March at the Collab Lab. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, good to see you again. Yeah, Yeah, how's everything going? Spectacular. It really, really, really is. Thanks for asking. Yeah, and this True and Blue segment that we've been doing since last February and really telling the great stories of men and women 
and law enforcement from the small towns to uh, the big cities. Uh, it, it's been wonderful. I get a lot of great feedback uh, from officers and people who respect law enforcement. So do I. And I have to be honest, uh, there have been a few times where I get a lump in my throat listening to those stories. They are just heartfelt, amazing, and I'm lucky enough to know a lot of them. And then the ones that I don't know, it's like I just want to go know them. It's really turning out well, so thanks for doing that. Yeah, we do True and Blue every week, and we are connecting uh, families and kids to law enforcement. Special event happening on Saturday uh, up in Whitehall, uh, which is on Michigan's West Coast. Let's talk about uh, how the public is invited to this event that really shows the community connection of law enforcement to families. Yeah, thank you. Biggest thing, free. Everything. So free pizza, free popcorn, free candy, free soft drinks, free cartoon versation books, free cartoon versation games. And we have, I think, uh, 11 different police departments are all going to be there. They're going to have their vehicles. The ERT SWAT vehicle is going to be there, too. And they will all have candy to give out to the kids. They'll have the books. And then we're doing something new this year called Cards and Cops. So I've got some over there by you. Uh, we have some new cartoon versation. their memory card games and their regular playing cards, too. So up on the main stage, we'll have different officers sitting at the card tables. Kiddos can go up and play. They can play the memory game or Texas Hold'em or Go Fish, whatever they want. And when they're done, then the officer will give each one of those kids their very own cartoonversation deck of cards to take home with them, too. That's awesome. So that's Saturday, noon until 3 p.m. at the Playhouse at White Lake, uh, South Mirrors Avenue in Whitehall, Cartoonversation 2023. And you mentioned uh, totally free. Kids can wear their costumes if they want to. Free pizza, candy, soft drinks, popcorn, toys, games, and more. And I, I love seeing uh, all the badges from uh, law enforcement getting together because really in in building trust and confidence and a culture and a community with law enforcement, it's about starting with those kids who grow up respecting police officers. You know, one of the things working with the MACP that I have really learned, and it just keeps getting reinforced over and over and over again, uh, well, one, how funny so many of these officers really are, given what they do for a living. I think that's pretty amazing. But my goodness, I don't know that I've ever met another group of men and women that just change when kids are around. They just want to be around these kids. And I think that the kids are picking up on that, but they just, you know, day in and day out, they don't necessarily have good opportunities to do that. So I think that's why they're excited too about being part of the cartoonversation because they, they just get to have fun with the kiddos. Well, if you think about it, how often do men and women in law enforcement who most of them uh, have kids uh-huh. or nephews or nieces, how often in uniform do they get to interact with their own children? That's why when they see kids at a big event like this Saturday in Whitehall, or they see kids in a neighborhood, it it really is a true conduit to the emotional connection between law enforcement and communities. You know, I never thought of that before, Bill. Given their kind of goofy schedules, they don't get to see their kids as often. In uniform. In uniform, right. Right. So if the the officers and all the police who are coming, if you're hearing this now, bring your kids too. I hope you you do that anyway, but... That's a good reminder. Bring your own kids so that they can see you in action, plus a bunch of free stuff for them, too. Yeah, free pizza, candy, soft drinks, popcorn, toys, games, and more. Uh, The kids can uh, dress up in costumes. It's this Saturday, noon until 3 p.m. at the Playhouse at White Lake, 
304 South Mears Avenue in Whitehall on Michigan's West Coast. It's back, it's bigger, and it's still totally free. Cartoon Versation 2023. Let's talk about your Cartoon Versation. First time I met you, I think we were at their annual convention in downtown Grand Rapids. You talked about what you're doing, uh, and I'm looking at things from, you know, connecting uh, kids to what laws are out there or wearing a seatbelt. Uh, Cartoon Versation. Is it available at all schools? How can teachers or parents uh, become connected to Cartoon Versation? Yeah, there's lots of different ways. So I'll make sh- feel free to wave if I'm talking too long. No, on I, I, I wave at Superfly. <laughs> Sometimes it's a wave. I'll go with 42 percent of the was, time. It's was a, that wave a wave. To, Brett? That didn't it, look it's like a wave. wave. You're like, what happened to Bill? Did he lose four fingers in a meat cutting accident? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right, so cartoonversation, um, back to that. Now I'm scared to turn my back no, to No, no, you're okay. okay. I, but, I'm, but, I'm safe. But I, know, I think, it, you know, and not only this event Saturday afternoon in Whitehall, mm-hmm. but what you've done uh, with the Ride with Pride or wear your seatbelt and teaching these kids about respecting uh, the laws in their cities and counties and states they live in. Yeah, and let me, um, I'll back up to that that first question that you asked. This is kind of the my grown-up answer for what they are trauma-informed books, cartoons, and games that help kids deal with anything that makes it hard for an eight-year-old to be an eight-year-old. So when we first started this back in 2016, I was sort of aligned with the adverse child experiences study. So they were covering topics like divorce, cyberbullying, death of a loved one. But I started working more and more with law enforcement. And they started asking, well, what about bike helmet safety or seatbelt safety. And I said, yeah, these are things that make it hard for an eight-year-old too. And the Ride with Pride series that you have there, that really came out of uh, just one of the greatest people I've honestly ever met. And that's Chief John Gale from the Norton Shores Police Department, who just just retired and took a new job doing school safety. Um, But he created the Ride with Pride program years ago, and they started uh, bringing it down to the elementary level because it was at high school. And I was sitting with John, and he showed me the contract that the kiddos will sign, and it's just five pledges. And it was, I pledge to wear a seatbelt, I pledge to do my best at school, I pledge to wear a, a, a helmet. And I looked at them and I went, there it is. It kind of wrote itself. So I created those characters, Riley Wynn Pride and Tony the Barn Cat, and we turned all of them into these kids' stories. And then if you, I think you know this, but just so everybody else knows, um, if you're if if you got thrown into a room of 28 fourth graders with zero prep time, none, and you have one of these books, or these cartoons, you're good because in the back is what's called a cartoon versation card. So, Bill, you could go in, read the story to the kids, which I would actually love to see, um, and then ask any of the questions in the back. The hands start flying. They start chattering. Maybe you stay on topic. Maybe you wander down a different topic. But what happens? is the kids relax, they start telling you what is happening, good or bad, in their world. So if you're an officer, you're trained on what to do with this. But if you're you or me, just looking at those kids in the eye for 15 minutes and hanging out with them makes such a big difference. I, when I when I met you, you know, a little over a year ago, before we started this True and Blue segment with the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police every Wednesday, I really thought your cartoon conversation is a must for uh, schools. I really think every law enforcement agency should approach their elementary schools 
and and drop this off or have the school connect to it somehow because you know Riley pledges to wear a seatbelt. Riley pledges to be kind. Riley pledges to wear a helmet. You know, when skateboarding or riding the bike, Riley pledges to get the most out of school, and Riley pledges to be a survivor where you get into delicate stuff that mm-hmm. kids can't discuss, and you give them that conduit to open up. These are things that I really believe every school district uh, would put these in their classrooms and, and connect to law enforcement. Really good stuff, Tim. Keep it up. And Thank you. My best to you. Cartoon Versation. Uh, the event uh, with law enforcement Saturday, noon until 3, Mirrors Road, the Playhouse in Whitehall, free Absolutely for the kids free. and the families and pizza and pop and popcorn and candy and law enforcement agencies all across West Michigan will be represented uh, Saturday, noon until 3. Thank you, Timmy. Yeah, thank you, Bill. Yeah, Tim Wheeler. Uh, and every week we do True and Blue, uh, and we're proud to bring the great stories of law enforcement to life through the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police each and every Wednesday on the Huge Show Across Michigan. Big. Bad. Huge.